how God uses man's schemes to accomplish his plans. Today is part two of that topic with our guest, Alex Newman, right here on the Christian Worldview radio program, where the mission is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. I'm David Wheaton, the host. The Christian Realview is a nonprofit, listener-supported radio ministry. We are able to broadcast on the radio station, website, or app on which you are listening today because of the support of listeners like you. So thank you for your prayer, encouragement, and support. You can connect with us by visiting our website, thechristianworldview.org, calling our toll-free number, one 646 2233 or by writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Unregenerate mankind is always trying to get back to Babel. Babel was the city chronicled in Genesis chapter 11, where man attempted to build his own utopia apart from God. With the same proud and rebellious spirit today, unregenerate men and women believe there must be fundamental transformation of everything, nation states, energy, finance, leadership, social structures, and more, to achieve a so-called great reset, where a globalized world can live together in what they think will be peace and equity. The biggest impediment to this is the United States of America, our founding values that recognize God, not man, as the highest authority, who is the giver of individual liberties and determiner of morality, combined with our great power and prosperity in this nation, is what must be demolished for this new world order. This explains why every stabilizing pillar of our society is being undermined. Number one, national defense. Number two, energy. Number three, financial. Number four, political leadership. Number five, legal number six, the social structures, and number seven, spiritual. Revelation, the the final book of the Bible, describes a coming globalized God-rejecting world with an authoritarian leader called the Antichrist and a religious emissary called the false prophet. God allows this to take place before his son, Jesus Christ, returns to earth to judge and to reign. Last week in part one, Alex Newman, award-winning journalist and CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media, joined us to discuss how the first three pillars are being undermined. This week, Alex joins us again to discuss how the next four pillars are being dismantled and what Christians must do to be prepared and at peace. Now, this past week, we all saw a very graphic and horrific example of how the social pillar that we'll discuss today of our society is crumbling when this murder rampage at Covenant Christian School in Nashville took place. Three children and three adults were shot and killed by a woman, a former student, who was so self-deceived and enslaved to sin that she considered herself to be a man. And she was so hateful that she broke her way into a Christian school to shoot and murder six innocent people. So just take this example of the social pillar in our society crumbling. Consider 30 years ago, school mass murders were basically non-existent. Children were safe in school where today we send our kids off to school wondering whether this could happen at our own school. 
30 years ago, it was very rare to hear about a woman who considered herself to be a man. And for Christians to actually affirm that's possible. Remember Julie Royce, who we talked about just a couple weeks ago in those programs on John MacArthur and her attacks against him? Listen to what she wrote on her Twitter feed reporting about this murder rampage. Shooter was a trans man. Police initially referred to the shooter as a woman. Then some media reported the shooter was a trans woman trying to keep up with this developing story. In other words, Julie Royce, a professing conservative Christian, is very happy to go along with this mythology, the impossibility that a woman can somehow be a man. 30 years ago, society and media would not have blamed the victims, the the Christian school and Christians who hold to a biblical view of gender and sexuality for, quote, driving this woman, this murderer, to this act of desperation. So you can see, just even in this horrific example we watched this past week, how this social structure is being undermined from every direction. And we need to keep these families in this community in our prayer as they go through terrible grief following this murderous rampage. Again, joining us today is Alex Newman, a journalist and a CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media. He also gave a message, a presentation on the Great Reset that we're going to be offering today. Alex, we talked last week about the first three pillars that are being dismantled in our society, national defense, energy, and financial. Today, we're going to get into the final four, political, legal, social, and spiritual. So as it pertains to our political leadership, we have a national, a federal administration now that is extremely on the left. They're they're Marxist, and that's not meant to be provocative. That's just their worldview. There's a vilifying taking place of their political opponents, very common within Marxism. The January 6th, the, the protest, the, some rioted and so forth at the Capitol, the election in 2020, there's been so much evidence of fraud that took place. Just here in Minnesota, where we live, uh, the legislature and the governor here have been so much on the left. The first thing they did was pass one of the most radical abortion bills in the country. Uh, they're now passing uh, bills you know, for, quote, gender-affirming care. Uh, basically mutilation of young children's private body parts. It's just very radical. And so the question is, how are voting Americans not able to connect the dots or to discern that what has taken place in our society, obviously within the last few years, but even going back 50 years, how are they not able to discern this breakdown of the things you've even been discussing as well and connect it directly to the policies on the left. And I say that not to say that Republicans are good and the, you know, the party of God or the party of the Bible. I don't believe that at all. But it's so obvious that the policies of the left are so harmful for the kind of the original, the traditional American way of life. What is it, Alex? That's a wonderful question, David. And, and I think there are many different facets to this problem. I would say, you know, to start with, 
I do think a lot of Americans have a very strong sense that something is not right. Uh, you alluded briefly to voter fraud, and I think we've seen massive levels of voting fraud. And I don't think 2020 was the first time that happened. In fact, Democrats used to very loudly complain about this. In 2016, almost every major Democrat talked about the vulnerability of these machines, the vulnerability of our election process. And so I do believe that for a long time, many of our key elections have actually been rigged. I, I don't believe 2020 was the first time we saw that. But um, there are also very real problems like you just alluded to. And I think there are two key things at work here that I want to focus on. And there are others, but the two key ones that I want to focus on, first of all, is the fact that we have lost our biblical moorings. The polling data that uh, has been done, the, the studies that have been done, shows that only a, a very tiny minority of Americans today hold a biblical worldview. Uh, only a small minority of Christians today, of self-proclaimed Christians, hold a biblical worldview. Now, the Bible is a comprehensive set of documents. It deals with virtually every area of life, very much including government. In fact, the Bible talks more about government than it does about heaven, just for some perspective there. And yet you would never know that if you went into nine out of 10 churches in this country, because pastors do not talk about government. Uh, now, I think that's starting to change a little bit. In fact, I've been invited to preach at churches all across America on you know, what does the Bible say about government? And I think it's an absolutely critical issue. But our pulpits have been silent for far too long. And so your average self-proclaimed Christian today has no idea why God ordained government into existence in the first place. Right? They don't understand why God put government here. The simple answer for why God put government here is to restrain sin, to punish evil. And in fact, the Bible teaches that very, very clearly. You know, we all know Romans 13 says submit to the government. Yes, it does. Romans 13 also gives you a job description of government. Uh, and it's not the only place, but it's the place where it's maybe most clearly articulated. And, you know, Romans 13, uh, it, it says rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil, right? Rulers are supposed to be a terror to evil. Uh, in fact, it says that government officials are supposed to be ministers of God to thee for good. He's the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. That is why God instituted government. And guess what, folks? We don't get to define evil evil ourselves. God has already done that for us, right? Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie, right? I mean, these are very basic principles that God has laid out for us that should govern government. This is why God created government. And unfortunately, Christians today just don't realize that that is why God created government. Uh, there's very little understanding that government's purpose, as defined by God, is not to educate your children, redistribute your wealth, fight climate change, kill babies, start illegal wars. Uh, I mean, th these are all outside of the purview of government. And so I think a big source of this problem is that our pulpits have been silent on this, and I think the results have been catastrophic, right? The, the flip side of this, which is directly related, is the educational system. We now have had three, maybe four generations of Americans who have primarily been not just educated, but discipled by a godless system of so-called education, by an anti-biblical system of education. If you search the scriptures in every single reference you find to educating and bringing up and raising and discipling children, it's always the responsibility of parents, of moms and dads, not the government, and not even church. I mean, the church has a lot of important functions, including equipping the saints. The church should be helping parents and families to disciple and, and educate and raise up their children in the fear and the discipline and the admonition of the Lord. But ultimately, 
literally that is the parent's job. And yet as a result of the silence in the pulpits, we have now entrusted our children to an unbiblical institution, to Caesar, and not just any Caesar, right? It'd be one thing if we had, you know, a government that respected God's laws, a government that respected the word of God, but we don't. We have a government that flagrantly lies, a government that has not just permitted the slaughter of over 60 million unborn babies, but facilitated that slaughter, funded that slaughter with the money that they took out of our pockets. That's the system that has been educating and and discipling multiple generations of Americans. And so, you know, I I tell people they're not going to have to steal elections within a generation or two. If you look at the polling data, the overwhelming majority of my generation, uh, millennials, we describe ourselves as socialists. A minority of millennials today describes themselves as Christians. Uh, And this is because, again, to just kind of summarize, pastors have been silent. They have not been preaching the whole counsel of God. Right? If we are truly Christians, Jesus Christ needs to be the Lord of every area of our lives, of our politics, of our families, of our businesses. Right, And so our pastors have not taught that. And unfortunately, parents have not fulfilled their biblical responsibility to raise up their children in the fear and the discipline and the instruction and the admonition of the Lord. And that has created a perfect storm where government is actually quite literally doing the opposite of what it's supposed to be doing. It is punishing the good. It is persecuting the good. And it is protecting and promoting evil. And so God help us. I don't know how we get out of this mess without some sort of miraculous intervention or without, you know, revival where Americans suddenly go to the word of God and read what it has to say, and then not just become hearers of the word, but also doers of the word. So give us an example or two of what you think pastors could do better teaching the congregation about government and political leadership. Is it speaking on the issues? Is it just understanding what the biblical worldview on the issues of our day is? What, what, how would you envision that? I think at its simplest level, at its most basic level, it involves teaching on why God instituted government in the first place, right? And and so pastors will often talk about family government, right? They don't usually have a problem talking about family government. You know, they're happy to explain that children need to obey and honor their parents, right? But why don't they teach about civil government? So I think it really starts at the most basic level with why are pastors not explaining to the congregation, to the body of Christ, what it is that God has told us, that God has revealed to us about the nature and the purpose of civil government. And I would go a step further. There are also some very, very clear lines that as Christians, we should have been contemplating all of this time, but especially in today's era, we need to be addressing. You know, the Bible is filled with examples of God's people defying government. And so, you know, every once in a while when a pastor does address government, you usually get, you know, 18 different versions of a Romans 13 sermon where it just concludes with submit to the government. But there's a whole lot more to that, right? There are examples from the beginning of the Bible all the way to the end of God's people defying unrighteous and evil decrees from civil government. You know, a very obvious example would be in Exodus. Uh, You have Pharaoh, the highest ruler in the land, the king ordering the Hebrew midwives to murder baby boys. And it's it's a fascinating story, actually. You find it actually in Exodus chapter 1. And what you find is that the Hebrew midwives defy Pharaoh. They don't obey him. Right. And so if you take just the simplistic understanding of Romans 13 and you teach that without giving it some context, uh, people come away with a very distorted and I would argue perverted understanding of what the Bible actually teaches. In Exodus chapter 1, Uh, It actually says that God dealt well with the midwives because 
they feared God more than they feared Pharaoh and they disobeyed him. Uh, and there are so many examples. I mean, we could spend, you know, the next eight hours talking about this. We've got Elijah rebuking Ahab for his evil. We've got, uh, of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refusing to bow down to this ridiculous golden idol that uh, the Babylonian king, King Nebuchadnezzar, had set up. I think this is really something that all Christians today really need to have on their heart. You might even want to memorize these scriptures, right, from Daniel chapter 3, where uh, the king confronts Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for refusing to bow down. And uh, I love their answer. It's just absolutely perfect. And I think in today's day and age, we've got to have this close to our heart. The three Hebrew boys, they actually tell the king, look, you know, we're not careful to answer you here. We serve God, and the God that we serve is able to deliver us from your little fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going yeah. to serve your gods. We're still not going to worship that silly image that you set up. And so what do we have here? It's an example of faithful people of God resisting a totally illegitimate, totally wicked decree to bow down and worship an idol. And yes, they're not erecting giant golden idols for us to bow down to, but very, very similar things, very parallel things are happening right now all over the country and all over the Western world. We see them banning so-called conversion therapy. Uh, What they really want to ban is the presentation of the gospel. They want to prohibit Christians sharing the truth that Jesus Christ came and died for our sins, that he was resurrected that he came back from the dead through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that he can change us, that he can give us a new life. We can be born again. He'll give us a heart of flesh, and uh, and he can transform us. And so whatever sins we formerly identified with, those can be in our past, right? The Bible teaches that very clearly. And under the rules and regulations and statutes and ordinances that are being passed all across this country, that is happening now, right? There are pastors being arrested in Sweden, in the United Kingdom, in uh, Canada, even just north of our border, who are being arrested for being faithful to God. Mm-hmm. And so pastors need to be teaching that. And there, there's many more examples. Of course, Daniel you know, refused to stop praying to God. We've got, of course, in Acts chapter 5, verse 29, the very famous line, you know, we ought to obey God rather than mm-hmm. men, right? That's uh, Peter and the apostles. So folks, uh, these are all things that the church needs to know. And these are all things that shepherds ought to be equipping their congregations to understand, because we're very rapidly approaching a time where I believe Christians are going to have to say no. Now, we do, as Christians, have a duty to obey and honor our rulers, those that God has placed in authority, but we also have a duty and an obligation to resist and disobey decrees and commands that violate the clear word of God. So well said, Alex. Thank you for that. Journalist and CEO for Liberty Sentinel Media. Just go to our website, thechristianworldview.org. You'll be able to find all the links to Alex's work in the New American Magazine and the books he's written all at our website, linked over directly to him. As we go into our first break, we are offering a DVD of Alex's presentation on The Great Reset for a donation of any amount to the Christian worldview. The presentation is one hour and 20 minutes. Normal retail is $10 plus shipping. You can get a copy just by contacting us the usual ways. Go to our website, thechristianworldview.org. Call us toll free, 1-888-646-2233. Or write to box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. We also have a link at our website where you can watch the presentation online. Stay tuned. Much more coming up on The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. You pray for revival as if it must come, but you go on working as if it will not come. 
we must carry on witnessing for Christ, living a holy life, seeking to know Christ better, following his ways, following his path, making unity and peace among God's people wherever we can, supporting the preaching of the word by our prayers and our encouragement, and being, quite frankly, godly Christians. That was from the film Revival, The Work of God, which surveys some of the great revivals of the past 500 years. This two-hour, two-disc DVD documentary is our new featured resource. Normal retail is $40 plus shipping, and for a limited time, you can order the film for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. Go to thechristianworldview.org, call one 646 2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Here's a unique resource and product for you from The Christian Worldview. We put the top 15 programs of 2022 on a great-looking bamboo USB flash drive adorned with the Christian Worldview logo. Programs like, What is the Christian's Duty to God versus Government? 12 Mega Clues that Jesus' Return is Nearer Than Ever. How America's New Woke Religion is Not Good News. Transhumanism and the Quest to Be Like God. And What Really Happens When You're Born Again. Simply plug the flash drive into the USB port on your Windows or Mac device and you will have the top programs at your fingertips. Plus, with the large 4GB capacity, you'll have plenty of extra space to load your own files. The flash drive is $25 and you can order by calling one 646 2233 going to org, or writing to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Welcome back to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Be sure to visit our website, thechristianworldview.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print letter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Our guest today is Alex Newman, a journalist and CEO of Liberty Sentinel Media. LibertySentinel.org is his website. Our topic is how God uses man's schemes to accomplish his plans. So, Alex, let's move on to pillar number five. We're more than halfway now. Pillar number five is the legal pillar. This country was established on equal justice under the law. In other words, the law is applied equally to everyone, not applied favorably to those of the same political persuasion that we have or not punishing those who uh, have a different worldview or different faith or different beliefs than we do. Uh, You look at what's happened in this country, the defund the police movement after the George Floyd death here in Minneapolis. At first you hear that and you're thinking, that's just crazy talk. Who would want to defund the police? Well, that continues on, whether it's actually the defunding or just the ramifications from it, Alex, the, the softness on crime, the widespread stealing, carjackings, violence, murder takes place on our streets, get arrested and taken right out of jail and released back on the street. It's happening over and over again. On the other hand, you see the January 6th protesters or some of the rioters, they're in jail and they haven't had trials yet. And then for the first time in our history, a president, President Trump, was indicted on felony charges. Revolver reports that New York officials will argue that Trump broke campaign finance law by reimbursing his personal lawyer out of his own pocket for a nuisance payoff related to an activity that allegedly occurred a decade prior to the campaign in 2016. The claim is a legal travesty, unquote. 
This is clearly an abuse of our justice system to destroy political opposition by the Biden administration and the left. So, Alex, you look at our society from this legal pillar, you just think, we don't live in a just society. In what ways are the injustices in our society, whether criminally, not prosecuting those who have truly committed crimes against our people in our country, how is this impacting the fabric of our society? Well, it is undermining and ultimately will destroy our society and civilization. We are watching the complete obliteration of the rule of law. As I mentioned in a previous topic, what we're seeing now is the punishing of good and the defending of evil. And we see this very clearly in our legal system. Actual criminals, people who burn down police stations, people who rape, people who murder, people who steal, people who do things that God himself defines as evil, are coddled, are released back out onto our streets to terrorize our communities. We've just seen this so clearly over the last year, right, on the abortion issue alone. Uh, They're sending SWAT teams to break down doors, and they're holding children at gunpoint because the dad or the mom was praying outside of an abortion clinic or something like that. Then you have actual terrorists who are firebombing pro-life centers and pregnancy support centers and not a peep out of the Department of Justice. You've got Black Lives Matter shooting cops, uh, burning down cities. You've got Antifa burning police precincts down to the ground in Minneapolis, uh, hijacking them in Seattle, you know, firebombing federal courthouses. What happens? Absolutely nothing. Uh, Instead, they want to go after conservatives. They want to go after moms and dads who are speaking out against pornography at school boards. It is a complete inversion of every legitimate principle of government. Uh, And this is all by design, of course. They want a system of lawlessness. They want a breakdown of law and order. And folks, I want to be clear. This is not happening. It has happened already. We are now a society that is post-rule of law. Uh, We still have some of the trappings of rule of law. I don't know how much longer those will hold, but the actual foundations have been eroded to the point where they're almost no longer there. And I think nothing illustrated that more perfectly than a recent Senate hearing where uh, one of Biden's nominees to a federal appeals court was asked by a U.S. senator, what does Article 2 of the Constitution talk about? The uh, judicial nominee had no idea. And she was already a judge. Right? Uh, okay, what does Article 5 of the Constitution talk about? No idea. The reality is the overwhelming majority of the lawyers in our country today with law degrees have not even read the Constitution. This is true for many of our judges. This is certainly true for the great majority of our legislators uh, at the state and the federal level. We still have the outer trappings. They still put their hand on the Bible and you know they swear to uphold and defend it, but they don't even know what's written in there. And, and if they did, they would hate it. So we are now a post-rule of law society. As somebody who grew up in the third world where this was the norm, I know what it looks like. I know how dangerous it is. I know how harmful it is to families, to businesses, to prosperity, to capital accumulation, to infrastructure. It always produces disaster. And folks, I hate to break it to you, but we are there now. And it will take a miracle to turn this around. Alex Newman with us today here on the Christian Realview. Just two more pillars to go, Alex, the social pillar and the spiritual pillar. And if you just joined us, we've gone through seven pillars over last week and this week. Let's deal with this social pillar. And this is a a bit of a broader one, a bigger category. I put under this pillar families and marriages. We've seen a complete breakdown of, of marriage and family in this country, the amount of children born without married parents and all the other things to go with a God-ordained or a biblically defined family is totally broken down. 
ethnic relations. Go on Twitter sometime and look at the gangs of black teenagers just beating up a, a white person, just like they just hate them. This this whole racial, this critical race theory animosity has been just inbred now, where it's just spilling out into our streets. There's equity discrimination everywhere. It's just open. If you're not white, you have an advantage now. And it's just open discrimination, something that was anathema in this country. After all, we went through with slavery and Jim Crow laws and so forth. Well, it's been reversed now. Issues like tolerance, freedoms of speech, religion, freedom of protest, the suppression you see on social media. You talked about the educational system, part of our social fabric, that our public government system is really just a, a center for leftist immoral propaganda. And finally, I'll add one more thing to the social cohesion of our country is the healthcare system. We saw during the whole COVID pandemic, the mandates, the masking, everything that came out from that was just a lie from our, our biggest institutions, the NIH, the CDC, the, the government and so forth. And then which has led to now these jab mandates has led to really little reporting from any mainstream about this on the, the injuries and deaths. As a matter of fact, Alex, if I'm not mistaken, I read something about your own family being impacted by the so-called vaccine. So maybe you could talk just a bit about that, but talk about how the social cohesion in this country, this sixth pillar, has been so uprooted, let's say for the last three to five years, but it started way before that, let's say 50 or 60 years ago. Yeah, and so all of this is by design. All of this is satanic. It was a deliberate plan that was crafted by disciples of Karl Marx, uh, Antonio Gramsci being maybe the premier one, an Italian communist and uh, who is still very well respected and admired by a modern day communist and Marxist. And so you know, after the Marxist revolution that Marx predicted never materialized in Western societies, they realized that, yeah, you know, and I don't think they ever really wanted to admit it, but they realized that Marx was wrong, right? The, the working class was not going to suddenly rise up against their alleged capitalist overlords and have a revolution and destroy the bourgeoisie under a dictatorship of the proletariat. And I don't know whether Marx actually truly believed that drivel himself. But if you really take the essence of Marxism, uh, it really is Satanism uh, at its core. It takes every biblical principle and completely inverts it. So God, of course, ordained family. Marx has held from the start and Marxists hold today that family is a bourgeois, oppressive, patriarchal institution that must be dismantled, that women should be held in common, that uh, monogamous marriage between man and woman uh, is a vestige capitalist oppression and needs to be dismantled. And so we've seen a deliberate multi-generational campaign to destroy our families. We saw it with the no-fault divorce laws. We saw it with the normalization of promiscuity, uh, with the sexual revolution, with the sex education that took over our schools as early as uh, starting 50 years ago, although obviously not as raunchy as it is today. We see all of the entertainment today openly advocating uh, adultery and husbands and wives leaving their spouses. This is all by design. And, you know, if you want to see what that looks like, the clearest example is actually in, in the black community where uh, this horror has taken root even worse than in other communities in the United States. Less than one in four black children in America today are being raised in a stable two-parent family with a mother and a father who are married. This has produced catastrophic results. And so then the government comes in and takes over responsibility 
where parents really should be in charge, takes over responsibility and further weaponizes these children. They take this anger and they tell them that it's all the fault of some other people group or, or you know, white people, whatever it is. And so then you get into this radical division that we're seeing in our country. And again, this is also by design. The Marxists always understood that conflict and division was a precursor to smashing the old system and bringing in the new. Uh, and so it has looked different in different countries, right? In in China, Chairman Mao divided, again, oppressors and oppressed. But rather than using race or, or different things like that, he used class, right? So you could be part of the red classes or the black classes. The black classes were the property owners, the business owners, the Christians, people who were loyal to uh, the old system. The red class classes were the workers, the landless peasants, the communist uh, revolutionaries and soldiers. Uh, and so that's where you got the division. Well, Jesus actually explained very clearly that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So how do you take down a society like America was, uh, say, 100 years ago? Well, you have to create division. You cannot have one people united around biblical principles, around the concept of liberty, around the concept of individual rights. You have to have division. And so they, they exploit division. They create division. And, of course, all of this is unbiblical. Right? The Bible says in Acts chapter 17 that, that God created us all from one man. I mean, even the concept of race, as far as I'm concerned, is unbiblical. God divided people up into nations, tribes, and tongues. Uh, and even more importantly, the division between saved and unsaved. Jesus puts a, a very fine point on. He says, you're either with me or you're against me. So those are really the only two categories of division that matter. But the Marxists, the people who wanted to tear down civilization, family, society, rule of law, government, etc., understood that division was the way to do this. And so in the United States, the simplest path to creating, exploiting division was actually just using race and, and other issues like that. Today, we see the LGBT versus heterosexuals and cisgenders. We see men versus women, right? Whatever division they could exploit, as long as you don't recognize what is the real problem, right? Satan and sin. <laughs> uh, you can hate anyone. You can hate anything as long as you don't actually look at what is the real problem. So that is deliberately engineered. They are actually, I believe, trying to stir up a civil war in this country. They're trying to convince uh, Americans of European ancestry that, you know, it's it's Jews or it's black people or it's Catholics or it's Protestants or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, they're trying to instill a mindset in Americans of African ancestry that all of their problems are actually due to people of European ancestry or whatever. They're trying to convince women that all of their problems are due to men. Uh, so anything they can do to split our communities, to divide our families, they will do because they are children of their father, the devil, right? The father of lies. Uh, so that's what we see right now manifesting itself so clearly in our society. I'll speak briefly on the, the healthcare thing. I wouldn't even call this monstrous system healthcare anymore. Uh, this is not healthcare. In fact, it is, I think, far more likely to kill you than help you. Uh, you did mention uh, how this affected my family. It did in a very personal way. My dad took the Pfizer injection, and it wasn't even 36 hours later, his heart completely stopped beating. Oh, wow. And so, you know, I, I'm absolutely convinced that he was killed, I would say murdered, as a result of this injection. And, uh, and many others, too. You know, I, my family's hardly unique. They've done surveys where the vast majority of Americans think they know somebody who died from these injections. I would stay as far from this so-called healthcare system as one could possibly be, you know, unless you broke your arm or something. You know, I, I really, uh, I would try to avoid these people at all costs. And then education, that's the big one. You know, I, I believe so much of what we're seeing now runs right through the education so-called system. We touched on that a little bit earlier, but, you know, we've had multiple generations now of Americans in indoctrinated not just 
dumbed down, but really indoctrinated into an anti-biblical, an anti-Christian worldview, and in fact, a false religion from the pit of hell. Uh, if we had a little bit more time, I could explore that in more depth. But if you look at the founding father of our so-called public school system, John Dewey, he was very proud of the fact that he was one of the founders of what they called the humanist religion. They wrote out the humanist manifesto. Uh, the first plank of that humanist manifesto is we believe the universe is self-existing and not created. Of course, you compare that with the Bible. The Bible says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So mm-hmm. obviously these views are in compatible. And when you boil down humanism to its essence, it really is the idea that there is no true God. You are God. I am God. We can determine for ourselves what's right and wrong. We can save humanity. We can reform humanity, not through the gospel, not through the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, but through government programs, through public schooling, things like this. And at its essence, this is really the oldest lie in the book. Right, the idea that we can all become our own little gods. Just go to Genesis chapter three, verse five. Uh, it's it's literally the oldest line in the book. Like I said, this is you know Satan, the serpent, speaking to Eve and says, you know, ye shall not surely die; ye shall be as gods. So that is ultimately the worldview that is being taught to our children. It is humanism. It is paganism. It is whatever you want to call it. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, Christ divides the world up into two clear and opposing factions. There are those who are with him, disciples of Jesus Christ, who, and of course, Jesus Christ is our King, our Lord, our Savior, our everything. Uh, And then there are those who are, according to Christ, against him, antichrist, opposed to Christ. And uh, it shouldn't take very long to examine the so-called public education system and realize what side of that divide this system is on. Yeah. So sorry to hear about your, your dad, Alex. I just, uh, Sorry for your family's loss. That must be uh, very difficult. But uh, thank you for explaining the social breakdown here in our society. It's it's very discouraging in a way just to watch people go away from the, the peace and the happiness and the all the blessings that God has ordained for a social fabric when you follow his ways. Alex Newman of Liberty Sentinel Media is our guest today here on the program Just a reminder, we are offering a DVD of a presentation that Alex made on The Great Reset, which relates very closely to what we're talking about today. Slides and video documenting this planned reset accompany Alex's presentation. It's one hour and 20 minutes long. Normal retail is $10 plus shipping. You can order a copy of the DVD for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. Just go to our website to order, thechristianworldview.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-646-2233, or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. You can also go to our website to click on a link to watch the presentation online. Stay tuned. We have one more pillar to go. You are listening to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. What is The Christian Worldview radio program really about? Fundamentally, it's about impacting people, families, churches, with the life and eternity-changing truth of God's Word. We know the gospel of Jesus Christ is the only message that saves us from God's wrath, by God's grace, for God's glory. And we know the Bible is the inspired Word of God, providing the only way to think and live to the glory of God. We are a nonprofit listener-supported ministry. If you would like to help us impact listeners with the biblical worldview and the gospel, consider becoming a Christian worldview partner who regularly give a specified amount to the ministry. As a thank you, 
Christian Worldview Partners automatically receive many of the resources featured on the program throughout the year. To become a Christian Worldview Partner, call us toll-free 1-888-646-2233 or visit thechristianworldview.org. You pray for revival as if it must come, but you go on working as if it will not come. We must carry on witnessing for Christ, living a holy life, seeking to know Christ better, following his ways, following his path, making unity and peace among God's people wherever we can, supporting the preaching of the word by our prayers and our encouragement, and being, quite frankly, godly Christians. That was from the film Revival, The Work of God, which surveys some of the great revivals of the past 500 years. This two-hour, two-disc DVD documentary is our new featured resource. Normal retail is $40 plus shipping, and for a limited time, you can order the film for a donation of any amount to The Christian Worldview. Go to thechristianworldview.org, call one 646 2233 or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Welcome back to The Christian Worldview. I'm David Wheaton. Be sure to visit our website, thechristianworldview.org, where you can subscribe to our free weekly email and annual print letter, order resources for adults and children, and support the ministry. Our topic today is how God uses man's schemes to accomplish his plans. Alex Newman of Liberty Sentinel Media is our guest. And Alex, we're here at this last pillar, the spiritual pillar, We've talked about the fact that there's a promotion of sexual perversion. That's really what the Bible would call it. You you call evil what is evil good, and what is good evil. Uh, You talked about the worldview of our country, that it's really based on humanism. It's a man-based source of so-called truth rather than honoring God and following the truth that he established. In our church in America, let's just say more specifically in our professing Bible-believing church, the evangelical church, There's been a major move even recently, just going on right now by Rick Warren to upend biblical doctrines of men being the preachers in churches and being leaders in the home. He's trying to upend that. Uh, There's been a big move from the homosexual and transgender ideology coming into the church. And so you see the spiritual state of our nation is Bible-believing born-again Christians are a small, small minority in our country now, this once so-called Christian nation. So what are some of your thoughts or comments on the spiritual state of our nation, the role of the biblical church, how it was so greatly undermined, and maybe a commission for us listening today as you talk about these seven pillars as to, you know, what do we do now? Yeah, great question, David. I'm glad we're ending on this. This is the most important one, right? As Christians, we need to be about our Father's business, and we are the body of Christ. We are the church, and that means we all have uh, roles and responsibilities. We should not be sitting around doing nothing. Uh, When Christ returns, he should find us very busy. And I want to start off by encouraging people. In uh, Matthew chapter 16, Christ tells us that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And we should be really encouraged by that. I know it looks very 
I mean, it, it, it looks like a really bad situation right now. I mean, it, it looks like the church is on its last legs in America. But no matter how much the enemy wages war on the church, the gates of hell will not ultimately prevail against the church. But, you know, I, I think for Christians in America— there are, of course, as the body of Christ, we all have different tasks assigned to us. And, you know, we all have certain tasks that are in common. Church has certain responsibilities. Uh, one of the things that I found so interesting about the church's responsibilities, and, and I only discovered this recently, I, I would say Ephesians is certainly one of my favorite books in the Bible, and I had been reading it over and over and over again. I've probably read through this this verse untold number of times without it actually sinking in. But in Ephesians chapter 3, we have a really interesting little verse, and it tells us this, this is in verse 10, that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So one of the functions, one of the purposes of the church is to make known the manifold wisdom of God to the rulers, to the authorities, to the powers and principalities. We're talking about spiritual forces, uh, in some cases, demonic forces, uh, angelic forces, that's one of the purposes of the church. And so, you know, we all have in common, we have the Great Commission, right? The, the, the globalists, the diabolical forces at war with God, they're talking about their Great Reset. We as Christians, we need to be focused on the Great Commission. And I don't mean that as a cop-out, like so many pastors. You know, well, we're not going to talk about abortion. We're just focused on the Great Commission. I don't mean this as a cop-out at all. The Great Commission is a clear command that we all, as the body of Christ, have in common. And, you know, just to emphasize that, uh, we are to make disciples of all nations. We are to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we are also to teach them to obey all the things that God has commanded us. And so, you know, it, it's not about just telling somebody the gospel and then, all right, get yourself in a good church, see you later, right? Making disciples is much more than that. Making disciples is about teaching people about God, teaching people about our responsibilities to God, teaching them to be true disciples of Christ who obey him, who love him, who understand him. And, uh, you know, I would, I would submit to you, David, I think this really begins in our own homes. You know, a lot of churches in America, they do an okay job with, you know, sending missionaries to other parts of the world. And that's good. That's an important part of it. But what good is that if we're losing our own children? You know, making disciples, that begins in our own household. That begins with our own children. And if we lose our children, is God really going to bless our efforts to, to send missionaries to other countries? I don't think so, right? Our responsibility as parents is hugely important. And so I think we need to first focus on our own children. And once we've got that underway, then we can focus more on spreading the gospel around the world. And so we need to do both of those things, and we can't lose sight of one or the other. In my work, I feel incredibly blessed to be part of the body of Christ, to be an ambassador of Christ here in this world. And uh, in, in my role as a journalist, I, I've always gone to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. It says, you should have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. And that's big right there, right? No fellowship mm -hmm. with this stuff. None at all, right? Not like, I'm going to try to infiltrate and, you know, then I'm going to give them. No, 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 no. No fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather it says we should reprove them. Uh, some translations use the word expose them. So I think that's critically important. You know, and that's not what everybody's called to do, right? I, I'm in journalism, so I get to reprove and expose uh, all day, six days a week. And, you know, praise the Lord. I'm so thankful that, that I can do that in my own little way with his help. 
I would encourage people also to remember what the Bible teaches about the nature of reality. And unfortunately, I don't think churches are doing a really good job explaining this. I think your average Christian has no understanding or very little understanding of the fact that we are currently in a spiritual war. The war is raging all around us. And just because you don't see it doesn't mean that you're not part of it, doesn't mean that Satan and his minions are not after your children and your family. And so Ephesians 6 verse 12 gives us the clearest presentation, I think, of any scripture in the Bible. Is we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. It's not just George Soros and Bill Gates and David Rockefeller, but rather against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. And God tells us how to deal with that. I'm so thankful that he does. If you go down just a a few verses, it says that you should take uh, the helmet of salvation, that you need to use the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And then this is, is just absolutely critical for Christians to understand our weapon. Our offensive tool in this spiritual battle is the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right? In verse 17, it says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Mm. Um, and Jesus taught us how to deploy that sword. If you go to Matthew, we've got this unbelievable segment in Matthew where the devil kind of takes Christ up to this mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And Satan says to our Lord and our Savior and our King, hey, just you know, bow down, worship me, and then you can have all these kingdoms. And uh, notice that Jesus doesn't say, hey, those aren't your kingdoms, <laughs> right? Uh, again, First John chapter 5, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. What does Jesus do? He says, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written. Mm-hmm. Right? Jesus actually went to the word to battle this lie. He says, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And that needs to be our response. When the world tells us that there's 87 different genders, you just go mm-hmm. to the Bible. The no, Bible God created says, them male and female. Right. And this applies on all of these different issues of the day. Make sure you're going back to the Word of God. Make sure you're in prayer. Make sure you're fulfilling the responsibilities that God has given you. And I would encourage people also to be encouraged. God is sovereign. God is on the throne. The gates of hell are not going to prevail against the church. And, and even if we lose our country— even if we lose our savings, even if we, you know, our economy is just utterly destroyed. If you have Christ, you have everything. And so be encouraged, folks. Christ is king. Every knee ultimately is going to bow. Amen. Every tongue is going to confess. And so be encouraged, folks. So these troubles are a temporary phenomenon. And praise the Lord. He's in charge. And we know how this is going to end. Alex, what a perfect way to end our interview. And I just so appreciate much more than your analysis of all these pillars we talked about over the past two weeks. But I appreciate just what you said there in your last answer and how you do that. You use the word of God, not human reasoning, not research studies, just the truth of the word of God, the inspired, inerrant, infallible, authoritative word of God to address these issues that we must deal with in our fallen world. So thank you for coming on the Christian Worldview radio program, Alex. Thank you for all the excellent work you are doing with Liberty Sentinel, the New American, other places you're writing for. And we just wish all of God's best and grace to you and your family. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for all that you're doing. God bless you. And hopefully we'll chat again very soon. Well, after these two programs, I hope you can see where this world is headed as these pillars that God established for a stable and good society are being undermined. I also hope you will trust God's plan and promises in the midst of this. He is using the schemes of man to bring about and accomplish his plans. 
Remember Joseph, sold into Egyptian slavery by his brothers, falsely accused of rape and jailed, appointed to the second in command under Pharaoh after interpreting his dream, saved the nation and surrounding peoples from famine. And finally, when his brothers came for food and he reveals himself to them, what does he say? You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many people alive. In other words, we often don't understand God's plan. We can't see it in full, but he is working everything together for good. And finally, I hope you have believed in Christ, in God's saving gospel, so you can avoid God's wrath that is to come on all those who reject his offer of reconciliation. Revelation 4 says, Worthy are you, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. Each of us was created by God to worship and glorify him. But the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of that sin is death. God is just in judging us for our treasonous sin against him, both with physical death and eternal death in hell. But here's the good news. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus paid God's penalty for our sin so that God's wrath and justice could be satisfied and we could be forgiven and declared righteous and thus qualified through Christ's righteousness for heaven. That's the good news. So if you have never obeyed Jesus' command to repent and believe in the gospel, you must do so, not trusting in your own works to be right with God, but trusting in Christ's work on your behalf. If you have never done that, I hope you do that today. Thank you for joining us today on the Christian Worldview radio program. In just a moment, there will be information on how you can hear a replay of today's program, order transcripts and resources, like the DVD of Alex's presentation on the Great Reset that you can order for a donation of any amount to the Christian Worldview. I hope you take advantage of that. Just get in contact with us the usual ways. Our information is given immediately following the program. And thank you for your support of this nonprofit radio ministry. Let's remember, Jesus Christ and His Word are the same yesterday and today and forever. So until next time, think biblically, live accordingly, and stand firm. The mission of the Christian Worldview is to sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. We hope today's broadcast encouraged you toward that end. To hear a replay of today's program, order a transcript, or find out what must I do to be saved, go to thechristianworldview.org or call toll-free 1-888-646-2233. The Christian Worldview is a listener-supported nonprofit radio ministry furnished by the Overcomer Foundation. To make a donation, become a Christian Worldview partner, order resources, subscribe to our free newsletter, or contact us, visit thechristianworldview.org, call 1-888-646-2233, or write to Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. That's Box 401, Excelsior, Minnesota, 55331. Thanks for listening to The Christian Worldview.